We all know about the speed of sound, but have you ever thought about the sounds of speeding? If you drive over the speed limit, there are lots of sounds that you might hear. You could hear the sound of your vehicle crashing, the sound of first responders desperately trying to save you. You could even hear the sound of people crying at a funeral. Because if you drive over the speed limit, you could do damage that's beyond repair. One way or another, speeding catches up with you. Paid for by NHTSA. Welcome to the All Things Nintendo podcast. I'm Brian Shea from Game Informer, and this is a weekly podcast to discuss all the biggest news and games from the world of Nintendo. After a bit of a lull in our release calendar, we have our next major Nintendo release of 2023 out today. That game is Pikmin 4, and later in the show, we'll be getting Kyle Hilliard's full review of it. However, before that, we have a little bit of news to get to, and joining me for that is Game Informer's Marcus Stewart. Marcus, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I am on the streets of Nintendo here to report the news. <laughs> With your and, brand new microphone. Yes, and Nintendo Town. New Donk City, I guess, would be the yeah. Nintendo Town, maybe. You're a member of the uh, the press, New Donk, the new, new the New Donk Times, obviously. Yeah, like I, I would like to see New Donk City's like equivalent of like NPR. <laughs> what would it even be called? It'd be like New New DR, N- New Donk. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, in Minnesota we have MPR. Okay. So I guess yeah, NDR would make sense for that. But anyway, we're here to talk about the actual news, and that is, you know, last time you were like, you always have me on when there's Pokemon news, and you don't really play that much Pokemon. We're going to do the same thing here. Got to keep the streak alive. Got to catch them all. Last time you were on, I told you Pokemon Sleep was starting to roll out, and today, Marcus, I can tell you that Pokemon Sleep is now available in the U.S. You can download it on your phone right now if you go to iOS or app or Android App Store. And uh, you can get sleeping with your your pal Snorlax. Okay, better get on that. You know, I knew it was out just because my Twitter feed has been flooded with people sharing their uh, like uh, QR codes, so I guess oh, follow each there's, other. There's, there's a friends component. I guess that makes sense. Like, I get. I was going to ask you about that. I was like, I didn't realize there was any sort of like social component to it, but I, I, I guess so. So I was traveling most of this week, and I have not had a chance to use it yet. I did just download it right before this show started. I'm going to see. But I can't wait to share just all of my sleep data with not only the Pokemon company, but also apparently my friends. So that's going to be, I don't give enough of like my privacy up with my, my social media. I need to tell everybody how I'm sleeping as well, which by the way, last night, not good. I would not have had a good score last night. I I went to bed at like 1am and then some, maybe it's the travel, even though I was coming back from a, a, a later time zone. But uh, I woke up at like seven. <laughs> so it was like, cool. Thanks, body. Six hours. That, that's not sufficient. So does Snorlax get mad at you if you don't sleep well? Like, does he have any like opinions about like, well, he is he the one that reports in your sleep? Like, hey, you could you could sleep better. In I don't Snorlax know. Voice? I, I know there's a uh, there's a professor that is involved, just like there is with Pokemon Go, like <gasps> a non like mainline series Pokemon professor. Wait a second and bear with me for what I'm about to say, but. Is it Doctor Sleep? Doctor Sleep. It's a, a Shining reference. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot. Yeah, Doctor. I was like, there is no, no. It's not. It's Ewan McGregor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did remember. I was like, why does that sound familiar? I was like, Doctor Sleep. I was like, is that a WWE thing? <laughs> <laughs> there have been other doctors. Not we haven't gotten a sleep doctor yet. He's just really good at chokeholds. There is a dentist in AEW. There is. Yeah, I, I do mm. know that. 
Um, but yeah, that's all the news we have from the Pokemon gaming side. But we also, because, you know, San Diego Comic Con's going on right now. We got a look at Pokemon Horizons, which is the new series that follows the end of Ash's journey. So this stars two new characters, Liko and her Sprigatito and Roy and her and his Fuecoco. And then they released an 11 minute sneak peek at episode one. And then we also got a new trailer for Pokemon to be a master, which is a collection of anime episodes that will conclude Pokemon Ultimate Journeys, the series which is meant to be a nostalgic end cap for Ash's journey. So apparently it's going to bring back characters like uh, Misty and Brock. And then it's also going to serve as the final chapter of the journey for Ash. So that's, that's one I'll probably end up tuning in for. And then I'll wait to see what people think of the new anime, maybe before I dive into like the, uh, the Liko and Roy journey. But um, I don't know if we have a release date for, the Pokemon Horizons, the new series, but Pokemon to be a master comes out on September 8th on Netflix. Um, do you have any interest in this? Uh, the, 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 the other series, the sort of like Ash wrap up thing. Uh, if I hadn't just recently canceled my Netflix account, I would probably tune into that. Even though I haven't watched Pokemon since the Johto season, like that Johto, like I, I saw all of that. And that was the, I checked out of the series after that. Like I actually checked out is uh being nice. I rage quit the series. Cause I was, I was so upset that Ash didn't win that tournament. Like it seemed set up for him <laughs> to win. And then, yeah, he beat Gary, but then he lost. And it's like, what, how do you know? Um, so, but even not having seen the majority of like the 25 seasons, it's like, I kind of would like to see, how they end this. And, and like you said, it's cool to see Misty and Brock and I don't know who they bring back. Do you think they bring back everyone's favorite companion, Tracy? I was just thinking that from orange I, islands. Remember him? I do remember that. He just points his camera. At, it's infuriating. He just it's, sketches things and yeah. So oh wait, yeah, he, no, no, he's he the artist. Yeah. He's the artist. I was thinking of uh, the guy from Pokemon snap. They had him on a couple of the episodes too, right? Wait, like the main character from Pokemon Snap? Was yeah, I think I think he was. He's made an appearance on. Now I need to look this up. Really? Huh. I did not know that. I don't even know if I know that person's name. I just <laughs> I just kind of like assume he's just me. You You're going to be I'm... very upset at his name. Oh boy, it's, it's going to be a bad pun, isn't it? His name is Todd Snap. Todd Snap. And yes, okay. he has appeared in the anime. Um, I was like, did I, was that a fever dream? I told you when I was watching too, I probably just didn't connect that that was the same kid. I don't know how many episodes it's been. I'm looking at the Pokemon wiki right now. It looks like maybe six episodes he's appeared in. Oh, okay. But I don't know. Yeah. So Tracy, he's the artist. Yeah. I do remember Tracy. Um, and I, the thing that turned me off of the series for a while there, I did eventually get back into it was the removal of Misty and Brock. And I know they wanted to introduce new companions, but like everybody loved those characters so much. And they're just like, nah, they're going their separate ways. And it's like, come on. Like, yeah, it's it's such a great dynamic. It's bad enough to see uh, Ash get rid of Pokemon when like they're really good. It's like, do you really want to leave your Squirtle? Or like when he was giving them all away left and right. Oh my God. And you're like, I don't like this. (laughs) It's like, I get that you have to have new Pokemon, but I don't like this. And just have, yeah, have them leave it at Professor Oak yeah like and he did it so i think because he did it so like back to back that it was like i can't i'm still recovering from the last one you gave like away whiplash 
Yeah, and it's like, let me not Pidgeot. Too. He just became Pidgeot. Now we can't even fly around on him. Oh, oh it was man. immediate that he gave up Pidgeot. Like he had yeah. Pidgeotto for so long, and then as soon as it evolved into Pidgeot, goodbye. He, he wrote it one time, and it's like, you know, that could be really useful for travel. Nope, bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like, it's too useful for travel. It's like they got. It's like all the Avengers movies. How they kind of are. They, like they kind of have to take Thor out of the equation for the non-Avengers movies because Thor would just like easily defeat any of these like earth-based enemies so it's like yeah pidgeot would be too op for travel around this world we need to get rid of him it, and i just wonder uh since you've watched longer than me have they ever changed uh misty and brock's voice actors because I, I know ash got a new I, one at a certain point but have, have they say the same I, I think brock's voice changed i don't know about misty okay because wasn't brock originally voiced by um the guy that voiced said okaiba in Yu-Gi-Oh? That sounds right now that I'm listening to both their voices in my head right now. Yeah, Eric, Eric Stewart, I think his name is. I think. I might be wrong, but. I am not sure. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I, I only asked that because it's like if I did watch the, the sort of wrap-up show, it would be nice to hear them again. But I, I don't know if that change has already happened like a long time ago for all I know. <laughs> Who knows? But, it probably, I, I don't know. I mean, 25 years later or whatever it is, I would imagine it has yeah, been. It's not Some the of them have retired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's why you get one person to do everyone like The Simpsons. Well, hey, uh, Sarah Natocheni, who has done Ash, I know she wasn't the original Ash voice actor, but she did it for 17 years. So that's a pretty solid accomplishment. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, that's the vast majority of the series. Like, she may as well just be Ash at this point. <laughs> that, we basically talked about that. If you go back and listen to the episode where she was my my guest, she was like, yeah, like, no no one really has that type of job security outside of, like, The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I was going to bring up, too, because you, you mentioned that the, the new series doesn't have a release date. Uh, we do have a new story that went up, uh, at least this morning as we're recording. Uh, apparently, they released an 11-minute, like, sneak peek of the first episode. I don't know if you had a chance to, to watch that. I haven't had a chance uh, to watch. I did mention that earlier, though. Oh, you did? Okay, so my bad. I'm stupid. No, it's uh, all good. But yes, yeah. I might watch that. Just just out of curiosity. Yeah, I probably will as well. But I, I think I'm, what I need to do is get caught up on the latest season of Pokemon because I want to see, like, the championship win from Ash because I haven't seen that yet. And then watch Pokemon to be a master, which, again, coming out September 8th on Netflix. And uh, by the way, that reminds me because you mentioned how you canceled Netflix. Netflix should probably pay its writers and actors. All right. Yeah. And speaking of unions, <laughs> look at this transition. <laughs> Sega of America has officially won its unionization vote to become the largest multi-department union in the games industry. Ooh. And the vote passed 91-26, and the union now includes more than 200 Sega of America employees. So, yeah, good for them. Uh, very happy for them. I hope it... Uh, it gets them all of the stuff that they're looking for. I mean, I think that that's something that I definitely am in support of. Yeah. Sonic has always struck me as a, someone that would join a union. Yeah. Sonic is very I mean, pro-union. He was in a, in a resistance force in the, the old cartoon show. Yeah. The, the only guy that I don't trust is the, the stereotypical French guy in that. Oh, the, the Fox guy. What was no, he? What was, it? What was his like name? a chipmunk. I, I know you're talking about the cowardly guy. Yeah. I, that is yeah, very funny that they made the French guy cowardly. Like They really <laughs> played into like, let's, let's just be really offensive and stereotypical. <laughs> yeah. He sees like the guy that would like snitch on the union or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he would try to, he, he would try to get it uh, shut down. He'd be like, I don't know guys, maybe we should. He's like telling the, the corporate bosses what they're planning and stuff. Oh. Antoine Depardieu. Was he had his a name. last name. 
Well, all of them did. So Sonic the Hedgehog, which I guess had, the Hedgehog is his last name. Uh, Sally. <laughs> oh God. Sally Acorn. Uh, Miles Tails Prower. Uh, oh, Rotor. Rotor the Walrus is the only one that appears to be no uh, following name. the name convention of name the animal have you ever um in all your interviews with like the sonic rage have you ever asked like is the hedgehog his last name officially i have not asked that is it like secretly like that is accurate because like i don't know if you've ever watched hey arnold the jungle movie um where they finally reveal arnold's last name yeah do you remember that no okay i I (laughs) I can tell you if you want to know (laughs) know what it is i know what it is i haven't seen that movie i've only seen the rocco's modern life like revitalization and that was very good yeah um here's the one that always drove me crazy from the the saturday morning cartoon bunny rabbot because she was half oh right rabbit half robot right yeah you think that was her name before she became a robot like it just sort of worked out (laughs) that would be very serendipitous (laughs) (laughs) it's like just this self-fulfilling prophecy (laughs) <laughs> you come from a long line of rabbots kind of <laughs> like how doug bowser is now the president of nintendo of america it's only a matter of time before he starts kidnapping uh, helpless princesses and, yes very yeah. very good all right let's uh move on to a game you reviewed for us we got a new trailer for the tmnt shredders revenge dlc dimension shell shock we already knew it was coming with a new playable character usagi jimbo yo jimbo sorry and uh, new skins for the other playable characters, but we got news of a new mode coming to the game through this DLC, and that is survival mode. And apparently this lets you battle across dimensions to earn crystals, and then you can use those crystals to upgrade like your life bar, your power bar, uh, your radical mode, and other things. So this seems like a pretty substantial piece of DLC when you take into like new playable character, new skins, and this new mode. Yeah. I mean, Usagi Ujimbo by himself is already like... <laughs> to me, that's like the main selling point because he's always been a, a cool like cameo character in, in the various series. Um, but I like that it's deeper than that. Like the survival mode sounds cool. Like you can turn into the bosses for some reason. Uh, oh, really? Like, yeah. Like I don't they haven't explained what it is. But in the most recent trailer, they showed like, hey, you can turn into Bebop and Rocksteady and play as them. They're like, OK, that that seems cool. Uh, I mean, any excuse to to play more of that game is a OK to me. So, and this, yeah. this looks like a pretty substantial update. I mean, it's a paid DLC, so I guess that's why it is. Um, but yeah, looks awesome. Yeah, and it, I don't. We don't think. Uh, I don't think we have a release date yet. It looks like it's just kind of like late 2023. Yeah. But I'm excited for the uh, the new skins because, like, you can do like the movie versions of the characters. Like, they're still like the pixelated style, but like. You know, you can like have like the, some of them had like a darker green or like a kind of like a, just a the, different complexion. The bandana like mask. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> that covers their whole head. Uh, yeah. I was I would a fan love, of that look, but you know. Yeah. It's a little weird. Kind of looks like they're wearing a do rag. Um, I would love it if they did uh, like the 2003 series and just made them look like that, but pixelated. Because to me, that's the best turtle series ever made. You know what I'm talking about from Fox? Yeah, I never watched it, but I know a lot of people really love it. Yeah, oh yeah, it's worth checking out if you want some good turtle stuff. But yeah, I I hope maybe one day we get that. I know this game is steeped in like the 1987 show, which is great. But like, if they keep going with it, they're like, hey, let's just do like the the 2012 turtle show or you know whatever show is on let's right now. Let's just do the Michael Bay movies. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> if we really yeah, how about we just skip to the new one that's coming out? We could just ignore those. 
What I want to know is, what are you feeling about this new movie that that we're seeing trailers for? I'm psyched for it. It looks awesome. Like I think the the performances sound nice. I think the art style looks good. It's clearly they're doing a a Spider Verse thing, but it still looks distinct. Yeah, you know, which I I like that it's not just Spider Verse with the turtles. Like, okay, this has its own style. Uh, the cast looks insane. Just the amount of names that are in there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just happy to have a what looks like a good looking Turtles movie after the Mike. I, I only saw the first Michael Bay one, but I was just so unhappy with it that it, it's been a while since I've gotten excited about Turtles in cinema. And yeah. so it like, feels I, good to feel positive about that again. <laughs> I was actually really looking forward to the second Michael Bay movie. The first one, I was like, I, I didn't like it from the jump, basically. And I was kind of proven right in that first impression. But the second one, I was like, okay, we're having Bebop and Rocksteady. Played by Seamus. <laughs> and we have Krang. And I was excited to see like live action Krang, even though like, you know, live action is a very loose term that we're using. Just like kind of when they're like, oh, it's a live action Lion King. It's like, no, that's all CGI. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, like seeing like Krang in like a live action movie and uh, them actually trying to do Shredder the right way as opposed to what they did with that first one. But yeah, it, it was more fun than the first one. I, I, I think it was a better movie than the first one, but it still wasn't what I wanted. I can't stand looking at the turtles. They're just yeah. too realistic looking. Like the I they, their lips is what sets me off. Like they have lips, and I can't stop staring at them. <laughs> like, I don't like their human lips. You know? Yeah, I I'm excited for this new one. I think that it looks really good. The only thing that's kind of driving me crazy: some of the voices just don't sound the way I want them to. And maybe that's just for the, the turtles. Old, yeah. Like, I, I, is it Donatello who has like the really high pitched voice? I think, yeah, that's, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm sure that's more of a direction thing than the actual actor, but like, I was like, oh man, I don't know how I'm going to like this over the course of like a, I'm assuming it's like a 90 minute movie. Yeah, I think Raph's the only one that threw me off because, you know, we're so used to sort of gruff, like Brooklyn accent Raph. But I think I'm kind of telling myself like, okay, they're clearly these are supposed to be like younger versions of the Turtles. But they're still teenagers or else what are we doing? I mean, like younger, I mean, 13 is a teenager. Yeah, I guess yeah yeah it's just uh you know maybe they should have called it pre-teenage mutant ninja turtles well then it'd have to be like do we want do we want that origin story of like <laughs> this is when they're like <laughs> nine years old <laughs> no but it's funny that like seth rogan is involved with this because you know i when if you go back and listen to the interview that i had with him for the mario movie you know we kind of bonded a little bit over the fact that the first bad movie that we both remember seeing in theaters was the Mario movie. And I remember the second bad movie that I remember seeing in theaters was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, which you is know, just a garbage movie. You know, I, as a kid, I liked that movie. It wasn't until I became like older that I realized that apparently nobody likes that movie. Oh, even <laughs> as a kid, I hated it. Like those, those were the two first, first two movies that told me like, even if I love a brand, I can still dislike something that comes out of that brand. Yeah, see, like I was self-aware enough to hate the Mario movie. Not well, maybe not hate the Mario movie, but I knew like this is weird and not what I want from Mario. But I don't know, Turtles three. I was like, oh, tie travel, that's cool, Japan. And I also like, I, I mean, not even. I think I still want the weird like time travel like rod thing that they are holding. You know, it like had the thing that spun around, and I, I still kind of want that for some reason. Yeah, I I did have a toy with that thing i think because i think like they released the toys ahead of time and i ended up buying some of them 
I mean, I, I had a billion turtles toys. Yeah. And every I, once in a while, I'll go back to my parent. Oh, I'll go to my parents' current house, and they have like a box upstairs with like all a bunch of my old like action figures and everything. And they let like my nephews play with them whenever they come over. And every hmm. once in a while, I'll salvage one. Like I'll I'll rescue it and bring it back to my house. Like when I go visit them, like I've I've started doing that. Like I've rescued two Power Rangers action figures from like way back in the day. And then I rescued my, uh, my knuckles nineties, happy meal toy. Ooh, oh, whoa! Oh, oh. I don't even know if I knew that they had Sonic toys. Oh, it was so that's why Sonic then. three was split into two games. That's why we have Sonic and knuckles and lock on technologies because they had a happy meal deal that they had to put out a game to coincide with the timing of that. So they, they split out Sonic three into Sonic three and Sonic three and or Sonic and knuckles. Man, I must have missed that. I, I, if I was a kid, I because I was a huge Sonic fan, I would have absolutely begged my mom. Like, we got it. Because I did that for other Happy Meal toys. It must have been one of those situations where I asked and she hit me with the the comeback that you can't escape from of, do you have McDonald's money? And it's like, <laughs> mom, you know that I don't. <laughs> Why do you have to shut me down like this? <laughs> but yeah, like I used to have the Sonic, the Knuckles, and the Dr. Robotnik toys. And I, I never got the Tails one. I remember that was super rare. And I would go to like really? thrift shops and pawn shops and everything looking for it when back then, hmm. because like, you know, people would just like take their, their old happy meal toys and just dump them at like consignment shops and stuff. So I would actually go into those looking for the tails one. And I never found, it. I always find Sonic and Knuckles and, and Dr. Robotnik. And I just never found the tails one. And I think it was because it was one of those ones, like it was like a rip cord where you pulled it and then tails like flew up. But yeah. like, I think those were probably pretty susceptible to breaking. So people probably just threw them out. But yeah, I just never got that one. I had like, I, I loved playing with the Sonic one. The Sonic one had like a little, like he was like, he was running and he had like kind of like a, a burst of flames behind him and you yeah. plugged him into the flames and you pushed the top button of the flames and he would like roll forward. He had, he had wheels on the bottom. Did you guys ever just try asking like if they had the tails ones at McDonald's? Like, were I mean, you or I your parents you ever could... the? Okay, I was gonna say like, because did, did you guys ever have the audacity to say like, I would like to request the toy, then leaving it to the luck of the draw? So I didn't know you could do that until I was an adult, and they had the Pokemon cards at, ha- at as like the Happy Meal thing, and I'm going there, and I remember like I was, I was ordering a Happy Meal <laughs> as like a thirty. 30- three-year-old man oh, you're one of those, who doesn't huh? have any kids and <laughs> they're like is it for a boy or a girl i guess they had like hello kitty and then they had pokemon cards and i was just like it's for me <laughs> why did you say it why wouldn't you just lie they're not gonna verify <laughs> at least say facebook yeah it's for my son like they're not gonna check <laughs> they might they might you like never know what proof. mcdonald's is capable of corporations sure. have a lot of power in this country man it's like i've ordered happy meals even like as recently as like months ago just because i was like oh i want mcdonald's but i want a full meal i just want something small but like they never ask <laughs> um, but like i was gonna say like i had a, i remember going to mcdonald's as a kid but like a friend's family and they asked like, like can we can we get this toy specifically and i remember being blown away and like almost like embarrassed because i did not i thought they were like crossing a line and that we were going to get kicked out or like arrested of like, you can't, that's not how this works. But then the guy, cause like in hindsight, you're like, they don't care. They don't get paid enough to care. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They're like, sure, whatever, who cares? And I, I just remember being like, again, embarrassed, but then impressed when it worked and was like, but then never had the balls to do it myself. <laughs> so, cause I was like, I don't think it'll work if I do. I don't have the confidence. <laughs> that I mean, that's the ultimate off the menu item is just going up and asking them if you can just buy the toy and not the happy meal. 
Yeah, or just be like, you look at the toy you got, like, hey, can I get another one? I already got this one. Can you, is it cool if you switch it out? And they're like, yeah, who cares? I get paid yeah. minimum wage. I I wish I would have gone to McDonald's when they had the Mario movie toys. They, they had, I think that's what they had, right? Didn't they have Mario movie toys? Uh, yeah. I, it was one of them that had it. I think it was McDonald's. You know, I had the, um, I got the Oreos this past weekend. They they have the Mario Oreos. Yeah. I, I bought them. They uh, they sent me a, a thing. You can actually see uh, the a little bit of an unboxing, I guess, if you want to call it that, on the Game Informer Instagram page. They sent me a thing, and I uh, opened up and laid out some of the unique designs that I got. And then on my Instagram page, I did kind of like a, a reel because it came in like a giant question mark block. And oh. when you open it, it played the the Overworld theme from from Mario One. What? And yeah, just go on my Instagram and uh, it's a reel that I posted probably two weeks ago now, maybe a week ago. I don't know. And it's a very cool box. And unfortunately, I had to dismantle it in order to recycle it. I was going to say, can you use it? Like if you close it back up, is it like a music box? Can it keep doing it? But I guess it's it's, okay. It did it over and over again, but I was like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> like, just like, you keep it, and then when people come over, you go, hey, watch this. Hey, check this out. It's a song <laughs> that you can just play on YouTube whenever you want. <laughs> but all right, Marcus, that is all the news for today. We are going to take a quick break. Actually, wait. We're not going to take a quick break yet because you need to tell us where you can find us on social media. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm on Twitter at MarcusStewart7 and also – I got used to this. I, I'm on Blue Sky now. I, I did it. Um, and it's also the same thing at Marcus Stewart 7 on Blue Sky. All right. Well, now we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to learn if Pikmin 4 was worth the wait. We will be right back. We all know about the speed of sound, but have you ever thought about the sounds of speeding? Drive too fast and you could hear the sound of your vehicle crashing. Because one way or another, speeding catches up with you. Paid for by NHTSA. With Pikmin 1, 2, and 3 all on Switch right now, Pikmin Bloom coming out a few years ago, and Olimar appearing in Smash Ultimate, it may seem like the Pikmin franchise is a bit more active than it actually is, but when you look at it, it's actually been almost exactly a decade since the last mainline entry launched on Wii U. But that changes today because as you're listening to this, Pikmin 4 is finally out. I'm joined now by Kyle Hilliard, who has reviewed the game for Game Informer. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm better because I've played so much Pikmin 4. Yeah. So let's talk about it. We, we did a preview a couple of weeks ago. You seemed like you were pretty high on those early hours. How did your kind of impressions of the game evolve over the course of your playthrough? I mean, they they I guess they haven't changed much. I was I was positive on that episode where we talked about it in preview capacity. And like, it's not like the game changes in a radical way after those, you know, first couple levels that I was allowed to talk about. Uh, In fact, like that's kind of one of the nice things about it is like they introduce the new mechanics that I like a lot early and then everything else is just kind of like cool stuff happens. You go to a cool level, you fight a cool boss, right? It's it only gets better, but not like radically better. It's not like, oh, man, once you hit the fifth level, the whole game changes and it's like a, this miracle of game design. It's like it starts out strong, and it stays strong and it ends on a strong note. Like the, the one of the highest compliments I can give to any video game. And maybe you feel the same way, Brian, is like 
after I was done, I reviewed it. I saw credits. I saw the proper ending. I sat down. I wrote the review, and I picked the game back up and kept playing. Right, like yeah. I had no obligation to keep playing. I played out of pure just enjoyment of the game, and I and I did almost everything. There's a couple like. You know, there's these Dandori challenges, which are like you versus another AI character. Maybe like you have to collect this much energy in this amount of time and you can just beat those and you can uh, progress. But if you really want to do it, you know, get everything, so to speak, you could get like platinum medals on those. And those were the kind of things I was like, I'm good. I don't need to like get platinums on everything, but every little bit of like story so to speak like i wanted to experience and play and uh i personally like i collected everything for example everything that you can get in the world i collected and stuff like that have you always been like a big collectathon guy because like i loved playing mario 64 but like when it came down to like all right collect the eight red coins or collect the hundred gold coins in a level or whatever like i just couldn't be bothered with that and then when i tried banjo kazooie i was like oh i really like the platforming and the level design but man, does it suck to have to like collect all this stuff to progress through this level or this game? Like, ha- have you ever had like a, like a higher tolerance of that? I mean, it just depends on the game, right? Like if I don't, I, it comes down to if I want an excuse to keep playing a game, if I'm having so much fun that I don't want to stop playing, then I will go after that stuff, right? I love Mario 64. So I got, uh, was it? six stars in every level or eight i can't remember i, I claim to love mario 64 i don't even remember how many stars are in i mean it, it's been almost yeah. 30 years since that game came out which is wild but i absolutely got all 120 stars in that game i collected 100 coins in every level i think i even did it multiple times like in my wow. life uh so that was an instance where i was like yeah i i want an excuse to play more of this game give it to me but again, like it's funny that you use Banjo Kazooie as the, as the example, or like Donkey Kong sixty four is another one where I was like, I was just having like middling. I like those games fine, but it was certainly like I never beat them. Like I was just like, eh, I'm good, you know. Just because there is more to collect doesn't automatically make me more excited about it. But the thing about Pikmin four is like it's fun to see how much you can collect in the limited amount of time you have. It's fun to see what you're collecting because you're collecting all kinds of real world things. And every time you collect something that you recognize from the real world, well, not Olimar, but like the alien race in the game that you are, because you are an alien, ultimately, you're a little guy, right? Which we'll get into more later. Um, They name them weird things. I don't don't have any examples off the top of my head, but I like, I would like to, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll go collect a banana because I want to see what the heck they call this thing, this weird <laughs> thing to them. Like they call it the, the, you know, pratfall device or something like that. And I always, I like seeing the sort of weird tra- alien translations of all the little items you collect and stuff like that. Now, are there any like brand synergies in this, like in past Pikmin games, like, you know, there's been like the, the, the different, like kind of like branded licensed items out in the world. Like is any of that in Pikmin four? Uh, yeah, I won't spoil it all, but there's a, there's a bunch of, there's a whole like, collection of nintendo things to collect uh the demo i believe you collect a game boy advance sp and that's just like the first thing of like 12 or 13 things that you can collect that are you know nintendo things so those were always the most fun to get like if you dig up something and you're like oh i know what that is <laughs> what do they gotta call it you know? i was wondering where i left my sp yeah exactly uh so for people who may not have listened to the last or two episodes ago what is kind of the elevator pitch for Pikmin 4, both as somebody who's never played Pikmin, but also like what this brings new to the table. 
Right. I mean, this is this is my favorite Pikmin. I've I have officially played all the Pikmin now. I like weirdly played Pikmin one for the first time a few weeks ago when it came to Switch. I had only dabbled previously, but now I actually played and beaten it. And Pikmin four is like pretty handily my favorite one. Like it's kind of like no contest because Ochi the dog really helps you manage things in such a in in a way that it, like keeps the game from getting annoying. Because like past Pikmin's. I would get annoyed with them because as kind of like cool as it looks to, you know, guide a group of 100 little plant creatures around to do your bidding, like it, they, it's annoying to sort of deal with 100 characters when you're like walking to up a bridge or like through this little door or something like that. But Ochi lets you put all the Pikmin up to 100 on his back. And then it's like it's in those moments where you don't need the Pikmin spread out, Ochi's there to make it just so much easier. And he does the work of like up to 50 Pikmin. So if you, if you, he can carry really heavy things for you. He's really great in combat stuff. Like, like he makes combat a lot more fun. Like it's one of those things where it's like in trailers or like, okay, they added a cute dog. That's fun. Like I great. That's cute. Was kind of my reaction, but actually playing the game. It's like mechanically. I was like, Oh, this is a game changer and it just makes everything so much more fun. And I like it so much more. And it's like, there's things like I, I wouldn't say like, Oh, you're going to love the story of Pikmin four. Like there's not much of a story. You crash land on a planet. You got to figure out how to get off that planet, but there's like fun little twists and like returning characters. If you've played any other Pikmin games and like what you're doing is you're rescuing all these other aliens that have crash landed on like what appears to be earth or some facsimile of earth. And all of them have like a personality and a couple lines of dialogue and they're fun to sort of save and unlock. And so it's like, I like seeing it to the end. I liked, I wanted to see what was going to happen. Even if the story is like, you know, just very perfunctory ultimately. And you know, like this is the fourth mainline entry in the Pikmin franchise. It's pretty well established what the Pikmin formula is. How far does this really stretch that formula? Is it pretty by the books or is it really like kind of take it into some some interesting directions? I mean, it doesn't change things radically, right? Like it, it maintains the sort of status quo of Pikmin. Like you collect Pikmin, you have a few different types of Pikmin and you're the gameplay is like, how do I use these different types of Pikmin to, to achieve what I need to achieve? And Pikmin 4 just removes a lot of the frustrations that were in past games where it's like for example like the the design of the levels they're just better like in the past they just kind of felt like mazes and you would kind of unlock shortcuts but everything kind of looked the same but these new levels are designed and they're still like functionally kind of similar they're still kind of mazy there's still a big advantage to unlocking shortcuts but they've made a lot more like iconic things present all over the map so it's like you never get lost really you can learn a level really quickly because everything looks a little bit different like there's one episode where you're like walking you know part of the level is in this giant outdoor grill right and it's Mm -hmm. just like that's just a different enough from the rest of the level that it's like oh i know this landmark it's easier to learn where in the past like I kind of just had to rely on the map a lot and like look at the the maze of it all a lot. And I would get lost and be like, ah, I shouldn't have come this way. And now I've lost all this time. So that that stuff has all improved. Like it's just the it's just the smoothest version of Pikmin. And Ochi helps a lot with that. And then the other big thing, the big addition is like these underground areas that the the sort of closest thing I can 
relate them to is shrines in Zelda. Mm. Because like you come across them, there's a handful on every level. You go underground and it's like just really specific, dedicated, uh, bite-sized Pikmin gameplay. And, and when you're underground working on those, you do not worry about the timer at all because they have this sort of like hand wave hand waved explanation of like eh, when you're underground time passes slower don't worry about it don't overthink it it's just like you know that's just how it is and i appreciated that it was like like i always liked coming across those because i'd be like oh i'm gonna go underground i'm not gonna have to worry about the clock and i'm just gonna get like you know a couple of pikmin puzzles and then i'll come back up for air and i i really like that sort of uh, mechanic it's not really a mechanic i guess it's more like a level design but i just think it was like implemented really well and i really liked it and I know this game also adds the nighttime kind of expeditions that you can go on, which is the first time that they've ever done that in the series. Like, does that like dramatically or radically change the uh, the experience? No, it's actually the part of the game that I sort of engage with the least. It was the thing I put off until the end, because like what happens is you'll save some people, so whatever they are. They're actually all from different planets. They all have different home planets and stuff, which is kind of fun, even though they all look the same. But like what happens is some of them are have this uh, terrible disease where they're like growing leaves out of their face. It's very, it's very body horror. It's last of us esque. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird. And then what you do is you go on the night missions to save them. And what it becomes is like when you're doing those, it's uh, tower defense and you have a very specific type of night Pikmin and you're just guarding like a, uh, like a little, it looks kind of like a sandcastle through the night. And so it's all, it's like all combat. You're not collecting things you're not wor- you're not even worrying about losing Pikmin necessarily. You're just trying to protect this one thing for a long period of time. And uh, it's kind of like repetitive because it doesn't mm. mix it up that much to play those every time you got to save someone. And so by the end of the game, I actually had like, I don't know, I want to say like 12 or 13 just like, you know, diseased bodies on the ground waiting <laughs> to be saved. And then I did like a marathon of them all. It's not like bad. I'm not saying it's like a bad addition. I had fun, but those were the ones that were like felt the most repetitive that I kind of like I waited to do last because I was like, eh, I'm the least interested in doing these. So it does it does not change the game in a big way. It's just kind of a it's just another way to mix things up and have you do different things other than just straight get Pikmin levels. Like you have the underground things, you have the Dandori missions that I talked about and you have the nighttime stuff. And it's sort of your prerogative to bounce around and do those in any order that you want so that like you just never get bored, which is nice. It's great to have that choice. And it's interesting that like you're talking about it's like almost like a tower defense style because this Pikmin has long been like Nintendo's reaction to like the real time strategy genre. Yeah. So like how solid are those kind of tower defense mechanics? Uh, I mean, they're, they're it's they're pretty limited, right? Like you have the thing that you're trying to protect. I would always what I would do is like you can tell Ochi to just stay by the castle. And then I would go out and try to take out enemies before they even started like walking towards the castle and like growing my army of Pikmin. And then what would happen is I would get an alert and it would be like, hey, Ochi's getting attacked. And then I would run back and just throw all my Pikmin at the bad guys uh, who happened to get close to the sandcastle. It's not that sort of detailed. It's not like you're looking at an overhead map and like making decisions. And be like, I'm going to put five Pikmin over here and 10 over here. It's like, nope, you have your Pikmin with you and you just got to make sure that you're attacking the characters that you need to attack. Like from a gameplay perspective, it's basically mm-hmm. identical from the rest of the game. It's just the structure of how it works is different. As somebody who loves tower defense games, that sounds like the kind that I would just not enjoy because like, 
I, I love tower defense titles like when they're really good, but then when it comes down to like, you know, I remember Assassin's Creed was trying to do some tower defense stuff for yeah. a while and it just didn't feel good. And then like, even as much as we sing the praises of Tears of the Kingdom, and I think that's going to be far and away my game of the year, there's a sequence in there that I really did not enjoy too much that kind of veers close to tower defense. Yeah. And um, yeah, when it works, tower defense is like, top tier stuff but like like you know plants versus zombies is a, is a pretty rudimentary but also very oh yeah no i tower I've, defense god I've, i feel like i played through the first couple levels of that in the last year i was like man this this holds up but that that isn't to say that these like tower defense is just like the closest genre i can kind of point to but it's definitely its own thing and it's totally fine i never got frustrated with it i never was like annoyed with the mechanics i never was playing it and i was like ah, i wish this worked a different way it was just like it was fine you know it was like you run around and you throw Pikmin at bad guys and, and you want to do them in the right order so they don't destroy your castle is basically what it comes down to. And how long is this game? Because I, the first one, oh, the first Pikmin gosh. game was pretty short. Like, what was it? Like less than 10 hours, I'm pretty sure it takes on a normal run to beat Pikmin 1. And I think Pikmin 2 and 3 were a bit longer. And I know Pikmin 3 added a lot of new features. But like, when you look at Pikmin 4, do you have any indication of like what a normal run would take? Yeah, so I let's see, my clock says thirty-five hours. Wow, um, that's so, quite the and, step and up. And that's me doing a lot of the extra stuff. Um, there's uh, like the, you hit a point where you can kind of call it uh, early. If you're like, yeah, I'm good, I got a full Pikmin Four experience, I am satisfied, I am ready to go back to Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> or, or whatever it is and play something different. Uh, but then you can keep going if you want. And that was probably maybe up to 10 or 15 hours of additional gameplay that I was like, you know what? I do want to keep going. Uh, I, I do want to keep playing. I was looking to see if maybe my clock, see my in-game clocks is 38 hours. So like that's, and that's me doing nearly everything. Is, okay is where i'm at with that so like but if you are if you're a casual player and you just want to play sort of the main story and get through it you could probably get through it like 25 or 30 hours probably 25 gotcha um and you know it this was a game that i think a lot of people were looking towards as like the first major release of nintendo's second half of this year and you know we, we now know there's a lot more coming this year after that last nintendo direct but does this kind of like start the second half of the year off on like the right foot do you think yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. i i'm very happy with pikmin 4 i kind of went into it with a weird pessimism i, I think we talked about this when we talked about pikmin where it was like i've always been like a middling fan i'm like i played pikmin 2 and it was fine i liked pikmin 3 i remember like really not liking the end boss at pikmin 3 mm. and it was very much a game that i was like i finished it and i was like i don't ever i all borderline don't want to think about that game anymore right like it was fine and then, uh, yeah, just recently, I, I replayed Pikmin 1, and I kind of finally admitted to myself, I was like, man, I think you like Pikmin, and you just need to, like, you need to start <laughs> living that lifestyle <laughs> and let it define your personality. And then I went into Pikmin 4, and I was like, I really like this, because it cleans up a lot of the frustrations I had with previous games. And it looks great, you know? Like, Switch first-party games look great. It's so solid. I, don't, I can't even think of like a single bug I hit or anything like that other than the actual physical bugs that I threw Pikmin at in the game <laughs> to kill them and drag their corpses back to my spaceship. But uh, I, I'm, I was, I'm very happy with it. Like I, I went in with like, I wouldn't say low expectations, just kind of like middling. Like, I bet this will be solid. Like Nintendo first party. How can you go wrong? And I ended up being like, I really like this a lot. This, this, this will 
almost certainly be on my top 10 at the end of the year. Uh, I, I can say with some certainty, you never know, you know, what, what the rest of the year looks like. But like, if I were to make that list now, this would probably be like top three, I think maybe. And this is the, the one you would recommend somebody start with. If somebody, if somebody's oh, never yeah. played Pikmin before, this is the one you'd be like, oh yeah, check out Pikmin four. Yeah. Just, just start with four. Don't, I mean, if you really love four and you want sort of the, the sort of, you know, historical relevance of the series, it's nice that one, two and three are available on switch, but it's not like, you know, it's not a story heavy game. It even like you get introduced to like Olimar and his backstory in the in the opening. Like absolutely just play four. Don't even worry. And if you love four, then you can go back and think about it. But don't feel obligated to play the first three games to play four. Just skip right to four. And last episode, I kind of handed out a report card for Nintendo's first half of 2023. And they got pretty solid scores across the board. You know, single player games, first party titles, third party titles, pretty solid. The one spot that they kind of didn't score super well in was in multiplayer games in the first half of the year. I know that Pikmin has some elements of multiplayer, but how are they in that category for Pikmin 4? Your uh, co-op, is right? Yeah. Is that what you said? Okay, I just I missed it. Uh, the co-op is super light, like disappointingly light. Ah. Um, it is very much like a Mario Odyssey sort of implementation, which is one of those things. Like, I don't think I even talked about it in the review. Because it's like one of those things, it's like, I'm glad it's there. Cool that they think this through and include it. But it is very much a mode where it's like you play Pikmin 4 and then maybe a young player, a child can take the second controller and kind of help you. Like they get an on-screen cursor and can throw pebbles at enemies and stuff like that. And I think, and and one nice thing is like, as you play, the second player gets more abilities, which is kind of cool. Like you level it up. But it is it is this the secondary character is absolutely, um, you know, a very passive participant. It's really just I think there for like if you have young kids that want to know what you're playing, you can have them a controller, you can hand them a controller and they can be involved. And that's fun. But like I went to play with my kid who's a little bit older now and she was like, this is boring. Like this is I this is, I have nothing to do. I'm done. You can just play by yourself, Dad. Like it was like it, there's just not that much there. But I'm glad it exists, right? I, I wouldn't say that it needs to be stripped out of the game. It just it, you just have there's a very specific uh, player that it's for, and I think it it won't. You know, most Pikmin four players it won't be there for them. It'll be for somebody else. So it, it kind of sounds like the Mario Galaxy type of multiplayer. Yeah. Yep, yep. Just like passive inter- passive uh, interaction so that you so you don't have to fake a second controller for your kid (laughs) all right well what did you end up giving this brian i gave it a nine nine out of ten that's that's a good score it's a very good score yeah yeah it sounds like you're pretty uh pretty high on this game you you said you would be surprised if it did not make your top 10 of 2023 which is very high praise because this year is shaping up to just be like one of the best years we've had in a long time. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's a good year for sure. But I, yeah, we'll we'll see by the end of the year. But I I would be surprised if at the end of the year it's not in my top ten. Yeah. Well, is there anything else we need to know about Pikmin Four before we take our final break of this episode? Mm, no, I, I I had like a tip in mind. I remember, I was, but now I don't remember what it was. But uh, yeah, good game, Pikmin Four. <laughs> Sounds like it. Uh, We are going to take our final break of the show, and when we get back, we will be doing Definitive Ranking and eShop Gem of the Week. We will be right back. We 
we are back and it is time for Definitive Ranking, a recurring segment where we take a Nintendo topic and give our personal top five lists. Since Pikmin is just a bunch of little guys, Kyle, I want to get your top five little guys in gaming. So start five, count it down to one, give me a quick sentence about each. <laughs> this is such, this is like, honestly, maybe one of the weirdest top five lists you've done. You, get, you sent me some options like, hey, we can do this or this, and I was like, let's do little guys. It's like such a weird, weird one. <laughs> okay, uh, number five, Clank from Ratchet and Clank. That's a good he's, one. He's a little guy on your back, and he's he's fun. He's kind of like a he's a robot character, so he doesn't have a lot of emotion. But you know, you gotta love Clank. He's cute. You gotta love Clank. Uh, number four, timely, relevant, Olimar from Pikmin, uh, who does does speak in Pikmin three, and but I I hadn't uh, I didn't remember that. And when I boot up Pikmin four, the game starts. He's like, "Hi, I'm Olimar," and he has like a way deeper voice than you would expect like it like it really threw me off i was like oh my god this is olimar's voice he sounds like uh <laughs> sid from final fantasy 16 or something like that um but olimar he's fun and he's fun in um pikmin 4 as well uh, there's a couple of returning characters uh and olimar's one of them and he's great number three maybe debatable uh midna Oh, she's a little interesting. Right? Yeah, she's, she's she counts because we said like about three yeah. feet, kind That's of arbitrarily. This is a very like very <laughs> arbitrary definition that we're going with here of little yeah. guys. Uh, just really any guy, any little guy is basically like the definition that we're going with here. Yeah, and she she wears a big old helmet that gives her some extra height, and then she also has a humanoid form where she looks quite tall. Uh, spoiler alerts for the end of Twilight Princess, but uh, I mean. Midna, she's a little guy. She's great. She's just <laughs> I love a little Midna. guy doing doing her best. She's my favorite, uh, like, uh, secondary character you know, really? in the Zelda series. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. she's she's pretty awesome. I, I do like Midna a lot. I didn't at first. When I first, like, played Twilight Princess, like, the, the first, like, several hours, I was like, she's kind of annoying. I just, and she also yeah. kind of, whenever she's around, like, Link is a wolf, which I don't like as much as, like, when Link is a human, but... Yeah, Midna, I really came around on her. Yeah, she's great. Uh, number two, Chibi Robo. He's oh, a little robot that cleans your house for you. Even though, like, like, the first Chibi Robo game was so good and weird. I don't know if you've ever played it or seen it, Brian, but it's, like, weirdly dark. It's, like, about a family that's, like, maybe experiencing a divorce and chibi robo is just like trying to keep the house clean and like you know sort of sits in on all these conversations and stuff and then after that he just kind of has since become like they've really focused on just the little guy that cleans you know in the couple of games that we've had of chibi robo he's just like you know there's not really much humanity to those games they're just like yeah imagine if you were a little robot that was cleaning we're like well, we like that part of the game but there's a whole other part of the original game that we like to the family's but, in a uh, better place now He's, that's true. Yeah, he's he's got better employers. Uh, <laughs> man, I should play that, replay that game. Actually, I don't really remember how it Put ended. it out on Switch. Yeah, they really should. Um, yeah, so Chibi Robo, he's adorable, number two. And then number one, greatest little guy of all time, Kirby. That is a very he's, good little, he's a little guy. guy. What would you say, like foot, two feet, something like that? Yeah, he's just a, it's just really, he's just a little guy. <laughs> yeah, who can eat a car. Who can eat, know, a, yeah. can eat a car? Mouthful mode really changed things, I think. <laughs> right. Beat that list, Brian. All right. Well, I'm going to do my best. Number five, I'm going to go to the world of Pokemon. And this is just a little guy, but we don't really know what he looks like. It's Mimikyu. 
Mm. Just a horrifying little guy who apparently, if you see what he actually looks like under his Pikachu cosplay, it will kill you, according to the Pokedex. (laughs) So I don't know if you've seen the anime when Mimikyu was first introduced, but kind of disturbing, kind of horrifying. And uh, also the Pokedex entries would back it up. And I I like Mimikyu. I went with a few other options like before I landed on Mimikyu. But I think that's the right choice because, you know, he's just a little guy, but he's also horrifying. We there's there's no world where we ever see what Mimikyu really looks like. Right. Like that's just what, never. We've only happen. seen like the like the kind of like the the was it black and purple hand that comes out and like swipes at things like a little oh, claw. But okay. like, yeah, I don't know if there's any way that they're ever going to like be like, yeah, this is now Mimikyu without. Maybe there's going to be some like weird, like evolved form that they eventually introduce or like. I don't know, becomes too big for the cosplay, but still wears it. And it's just kind of like floating over top of thing that you can obviously see what it looks like. <laughs> well, also not to really go down a Mimikyu side tension here, but like, why can't they have, why is there a lore reason for why Mimikyu can't wear different uh, clothes like different? Cause it's not like it didn't grow Pikachu skin, right? It, yeah. it, it made that itself. Right. So it could be like a Snorlax and Mimikyu if it wanted. Right. That would be very cute, but it'd have to go with Munchlax, right? The little one. Or, yeah, yeah. He has to I mean. stay with the little guys. He's, he's I'm saying any little guy. Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. So they do I, that. That would be a very cool twist on it. Like if they go to like, I don't know, the, the Galarian form of <laughs> of Mimikyu is like actually a Snorlax cosplayer instead. Hell yeah! Let's that would it. be a very cute way to do regional variants of like, oh yeah, the the Mimikyu in this area are actually obsessed with Charmander. I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> Let Pokemon team know. Yeah, I'm going to get Jinichi Masuda on the horn right now, actually, and and let him know. Uh, number four, maybe a weird choice for a lot of people. I'm going with Yarny from the Unravel series. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. Those games are very underrated. I liked both of those games a lot. And uh, Yarny gets a lot of hate for some reason. <laughs> I remember there was that article that came out, like when they first announced Yarny, it was just like, Yarny can burn in hell or something. <laughs> it's just like, what? Why right. is there so much like undue anger towards this cute little guy made out of yarn? I he's don't just know. He's a little guy. He's just a little guy and he's doing his best. Uh, number three, the eponymous knight from Hollow Knight. You know, he's oh. like a little bug going around saving uh, saving the the colony or whatever it is that he's doing out there but yeah it's a very good game and uh, he's a cute little guy yeah that's one of those games i played and beat and really enjoyed but i couldn't really tell you what happened or what i was doing what i was doing really (laughs) it's just like okay i will fully admit i did not beat that game it's it gets pretty difficult yeah Yeah. it's pretty tough and i i was just like i'm gonna move on to something else uh, number two, I believe that was where you had Midna, right? Or was that number three that you had Midna? Uh, I already uh, closed my list and deleted it. Uh, oh, it's okay. You'll have to listen back. Uh, number two is my Zelda companion. That is Navi. Navi? Yeah. Wow, she, that's almost too little, I think. I don't think that counts for this. I though. don't know. I think it's she's the the definition of a, just a little guy, you know? I mean, but would, does she even have like a form? You know, is she just energy she's with wings? Yeah, but like, what does that mean? Like, we never see it, you know, except I mean, in Wind Waker. You could trap a fairy in a 
jar and it looks like a sad tinkerbell <laughs> yeah i mean i think that like that's canonically what they're supposed to look like is they're like uh, little tinkerbells but like because they're like shining so bright you can only see the little wings sticking out from the light yeah, i think she's molecular I, I think it's she's just light energy with wings <laughs> <laughs> well the wings are physical we know that much that's true that's true uh, so navi is my number two and then number one this is the one where i think you might call me a dirty rotten cheater I'm going mini mushroom Mario. Yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, Mario's kind of a little guy in his own, right? He's a little dude, but I don't know. Now like, he's the littlest guy. I was making fun of you. I was like, you can't like use a power up to define someone as a little guy. But like Midna, that's not her sort of canonical form, I suppose, when she's a little little guy. But I don't know. It feels wrong, and I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm not going to stand for it. I just want it to be known that I think you're cheating. I think you've put Mass Effect trilogy on your top ten games of you know <laughs> the year or whatever. I mean, I did put Mass Effect trilogy. I think on my top ten <sighs> games of all time at one point. God, I hate. I hate it. Just put Mass Effect two like an adult, Brian. Jesus, that makes sense. The, Honestly, the the, set, the, uh, the nine Star Wars films are my favorite movie. <laughs> it is one saga. You're right. Um, I, a mini mushroom Mario, you know, I, not the greatest power up, but he does get like the little kind of floaty jump that he can do. He gets the ability to run underneath like secret platforms basically. And it made a brief appearance in the Mario movie, which I think oh, yeah, I suppose is, so. Yeah, that's cute. That, that officially brought mini mushroom Mario into the mainstream. So I think <laughs> that that solidifies him at the top. I'm surprised you did not All do right. the hero of the Minish from Minish Cap, that version of Link. Yeah, well, that's because he transforms back and forth. Like, sometimes he's Minish, sometimes he's not, but he's like, you know, it's just, it's like wearing different clothes, right? It's like he's still the size he normally is. That's like but then saying, that argument falls apart with Midna on my list, so I don't know what to do. <laughs> it also falls apart when you take into account that a lot of humans start out as just little guys, and then they grow into adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true like every single one of us started out as just a little guy yeah yeah we're all just little guys that grew up and learned how to talk what can i say not much so we're going to transition on to the eShop gem of the week kyle i am going to take the reins once more on Please. this one i don't know if you've played this one this actually came to me via former game informer editor now youtube content creator extraordinaire leo vader mm-hmm. a game called streets of rogue Oh, yeah, Leo wouldn't shut up about that game. Leo loved this game so much. And I remember we used to do a thing where we would kind of get extra days to play games at the end of the year and make sure that like this is either does or does not belong on like our year end list at Game Informer. And this was one that Leo was just all about. He was all about Streets streets of Rogue. And I I was like, all right, well, it's a co-op game. It's it's kind of like a co-op twin stick shooter but it's all class based and like, you know, you can choose to be like this, just a, uh, just a little guy with a baseball bat, or you could be <laughs> like a ninja, or you could be like a, a super spy. And they all have distinct abilities and distinct weaknesses and everything. Like th- this one person can like hack computers faster. This other person like has more strength in their, their, their melee attacks. And another one's like a little bit stealthier. So like you have all these different abilities and different character classes you can choose. And it's all co-op. I mean, you can play it single player, but it's a lot more fun co-op. And I remember like looking over at Leo and be like, this game rules, dude. <laughs> like, I'm so glad that you brought this up. Like, Leo has such good taste in video games. And like, it's never like, I mean, he, he, of course, he likes some games that like everybody likes, like the Hitman games he loves. 
but like he has he was on un- that beat early he was know? yeah because a lot was. of people were hating on the like the reboot i guess of the hitman trilogy because of like you know it was so content devoid Episodic, yeah. in the very beginning but like yeah he was on it like this game is really good actually but like he has just an uncanny ability to find these these little known gems and this is the perfect example of it streets of rogue um you know it's twenty dollars it has i think a dlc character pack that you can get and if you want to get like the deluxe edition it's only twenty three dollars so it's three dollars more and it gets you like the extra characters and everything in there and i think there's a sequel actually in development currently streets of rogue 2 yeah, indeed. I was just looking it up to see if there was a release date, uh, and there is not yet. It's on Steam, just listed as coming soon. So it's in the works. But each, so you go basically floor by floor, and each floor has like a different objective that you have to complete. And like sometimes it's like, oh, great, I have like the perfect characters for this. And other times it's like, oh, this is going to be a lot more difficult than I wish it was because like I have like a just a brawler and it's like a oh this would be a lot easier if i could just stealth my way in but like you know you're gonna have to be a lot sneakier if you don't have like a stealth based character like the ninja or the the secret spy or whatever but like it's a blast especially if you have friends you could play it allows for up to four player co-op either online or single player or a single system so check it out. It's $20 for the base game or $23 for kind of like the character pack edition. And it came out in 2019. So highly recommend Streets of Rogue and shout out Leo Vader for always bringing the fire with your lesser known recommendations. It's a specialty. It is. So Kyle, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of All Things Nintendo. Always great hearing from you. Always great having you on here. And thanks for uh, telling us all about Pikmin 4. Yeah, thanks for assigning me the review. Yeah, really improved my life while I was playing. <laughs> and thank you so much to everyone for listening. Do me a favor if you haven't already, throw all things Nintendo a five star review and hit that subscribe button. And if you want to get any questions or comments in, you can get in touch at allthingsnintendo at gameinformer.com or hit me up on Instagram at Brian Pichet. I'm also now on Threads and Blue Sky, so you can find me there both at Brian Pichet. You can also join the Game Informer community Discord, which is a perk for subscribing to our Twitch channel even just for one month. Kyle, tell people where they can find you online. Yeah, blue sky and threads, because, you know, why not? <laughs> One of them's bound to win, right? <laughs> One's bound to win. I have a counselor. Hit those up if you want to see me doing some goat yoga from this weekend. That was pretty fun. Uh, on Twitter as well. Um, Game Informer's TikTok. Uh, Gameinformer.com. I don't know. It's all those places. Go find it. You, you, you find me. Read my Pikmin 4 review. It's on the site right now. The social media landscape is really weird right now. It's, it's kind of like giving me like Blu-ray HD DVD vibes where it's like, <laughs> all right, I don't want to like put all my everything in one bucket here. Yeah. Which one is the one that is like a peripheral that you have to plug into your console? That's the, that's <laughs> the bad one. That's Threads because that is attached to Instagram. That's what that is. Except I think Threads is 100% going to win because of its affiliation with Instagram. Survey Probably, has built-in yeah. followership, but uh Yeah, that is our show for this week. Thank you again for listening. Take care. We'll see you next time. If you speed, there are lots of sounds that you might hear like the sound of your vehicle crashing. Because eventually, speeding catches up with you. 
paid for by NHTSA.